Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Who Do You Think You Are? The brand new podcast series by A3 Communications, the data storage industry PR agency. My name is Fred Monson, and I'm the founder and CEO at A3 Communications. Today's podcast is a little different from the others in the Who Do You Think You Are? series for two reasons. One, our guest is not a CMO or a journalist, analyst, blogger. And two, Today, I have a co-host joining me. So let me introduce you to confidence coach, Anna Grady, and fellow A3er, Fiona Hatton. Hello, Anna. Hello, Fiona. How are you both today? Hello, Fred. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm doing great, and I am so looking forward to speaking to you, Anna, today. You have no idea. <laughs> so um, let's, let's get started, because I'm sure a lot of our listeners are wondering what a confidence coach does. So, Anna, you and I met through our work around Flash Memory Summit 2023, which is taking place in um, August, where you will be presenting. Can you tell our listeners, can you tell our listeners a little about what you will be sharing at the event and what they can expect to take away from your session? I would love to. So, I'm giving a 65-minute session all about how you can up-level your confidence to thrive in your tech career. So I will be sharing three science-based strategies to up-level your confidence. And the session will be quite interactive. It should give you some clarity and some insights and some actionable things to take away to build your confidence right away. That's, um, that's certainly not something I have attended in the past. I look forward to um, joining your audience. So tell us about your role as a coach and your journey to becoming one. Sounds good. It all started with my painful divorce about four years ago when I hired a coach to help me pick up the pieces of my life. I discovered the transformative power of coaching. I always say that coaching saved my life both personally and professionally. Back in 2010, I co-founded and scaled the edtech company Rycor. I was the COO and head of HR, but noticed a huge gender gap in the industry. I had a successful exit in 2020 and started my own coaching business. All the women in tech I have coached and talked to point to lack of confidence as the number one reason holding them back from thriving at work. I did a little research and there is a definite gender confidence gap. Women struggle with confidence more than men. So I decided to become a confidence coach for women in male-dominated industries like tech. And my mission is to help close the gender confidence gap by empowering women through coaching. Oh, Anna, it's so lovely to meet you. And that is so I just love hearing about how somebody um, gets to where, they, where they've got to. Um, so thank you so much for sharing that. Could you tell us a bit? more about the kind of people you tend to work with. So you've mentioned um, women in um, male-dominated areas and tech. What sort of roles are they in? Yeah, so I work with women from junior software developer up into co-founder of tech companies. So it's people that have their own businesses or people that have senior roles and even junior roles. It's kind of the full bandwidth of people in the tech industry and some other male-dominated industries as well. Lovely. And could you give us an example of the sort of goals that your coaches might have and, and then what their next steps have been? Definitely. 
So building confidence, that's always the reason people come to me. Other goals include setting boundaries, creating healthy habits, taking on leadership or other senior roles, leaving their job to start their own business, improving relationships, enhancing their communication skills. This is the one I really love, tackling their fear of public speaking. And in terms of next steps, so I enroll them in my science-based confidence coaching program. We start out with coaching sessions every two weeks. I like to kick it off with a core values exercise to kind of clarify their core values, which is great for clarity and confidence building. And then we move into the emotional intelligence assessment. After that, um, there's an app and on-demand content that will completely change the way you talk to yourself in just six weeks. And everything I do is very accountability focused and customized to this specific way my coachee wants to be held accountable to the goals that they come up with. That's very interesting. So um, we'd love to help our listeners who are ready for the next step in their careers. Um, Maybe someone who's considering a CMO or a CEO position or even someone who wants to go for a much more senior sales job, which will entail presenting at trade shows like Flash Memory Summit um, or presenting to the media in environments, for example, like Technology Live. So bearing that in mind and bearing in mind that these people may be lacking the confidence to put themselves forward, we know that one of the first steps to building confidence can be noticing that you're perhaps not feeling as self-assured as you normally do. Anna, how would you encourage a coachee to tune into how they're feeling? I love that. And I always say that confidence building starts with self-awareness. It's understanding your core values, purpose in life, unique strengths, weaknesses, and blind spots. So I always recommend that my coaches journal for self-reflection. There's something really powerful about putting a physical pen to a physical piece of paper. It helps with goal setting, emotional processing, and self-awareness. And coaching is all about asking those powerful, open-ended questions. My clients, they have the wisdom inside themselves. I empower them to tap into this internal wisdom by asking questions, being curious, and holding that safe space. Because it could be, right, that they they do have this wisdom, they do have what it takes. Would you say that you have come across people who had what it took, they just didn't think they did? A hundred percent. We get in our own way all the time by how we talk to ourselves, by our limiting beliefs. And so the work that I do, it, it taps into that internal wisdom and helps the coaches see that they do have what it takes to say yes to those opportunities, even before they feel ready. And Anna, in your experience, when somebody's not feeling very confident, especially when it comes to career progression, what is the wider impact of that? Well, without confidence, you hold yourself back and you stop advocating for yourself. And if you don't feel confident, you won't step outside of your comfort zone and try new things. Like I mentioned, you won't say yes to new opportunities and you get in your own way with that negative self-talk that we mentioned. And if you don't feel confident, you beat yourself up for your mistakes, which is very demotivating and that can make it hard to advance in your career. It's also hard to be an effective leader and to empower your team without that confidence. That's exactly what I was thinking, Anna. 
if you are a leader and you want to empower your team because you can see that someone is not very self-assured do you have a couple of tips for these leaders who are not confidence coaches like you are but who are still tasked to develop these um uh, co-workers what would your top three tips be for these leaders yeah so it's by bringing coaching skills to all types of leadership, asking those powerful questions, acknowledging work that's well done, and championing our direct reports and kind of giving them that confidence that they can do it. And kind of a culture where people can make mistakes and people can learn from it and it's okay. That's excellent. That is so good because you often come across, especially in sales environments, it's almost... I don't want to say dog eat dog, but, you know, sometimes it's if you've got the confidence to get ahead, you do. If you don't, you might as well leave because there's it is so difficult to compete with those people who have a natural ability to be confident and to talk to others and to present. Um, so I do think that it is so important to ensure that a good leader can develop those people who have all the other skills but not the self-assurance required to progress in certain career paths. Mm, I agree, definitely. And then, and then coming back to um, the leaders themselves or the people who want to be um, leaders, we know that it is possible to build confidence. If, you, if you're lacking confidence, you're not going to be, you, you're not stuck there forever. Um, so just as Fred said about the three things for for. Um, helping your team, what three things would you focus on with someone who feels that they're being held back in their own career by a lack of confidence? Great question. I always say that confidence is a skill you can build using science-based tools. It's the belief in your success that stimulates action and it's your willingness to try. So the three things, number one, develop your emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence, or EQ, is your ability to recognize, understand, and manage your own emotions, as well as recognizing and influencing the emotions of others. Unlike your IQ, which is set at age 17, your emotional intelligence can be developed and grown over time. And I always say that emotional intelligence is the key to leadership. And when you develop your emotional intelligence, it improves communication skills, decision-making, and stress management. So I do EQ assessments with my clients and they love the self-awareness, the clarity and the confidence they get from seeing their EQ broken down on paper. And the beauty is all 15 EQ competencies can be improved with practice. I'll give you an example. To grow your emotional self-awareness, Make a list of your triggers and pay attention to what triggers bring on what emotions in you. So little exercises like that can give you that self-awareness to take your EQ to the next level. And EQ really is the key to confidence. Number two, we talked about this a little bit before, is reduce your negative self-talk. All of us have an inner critic that holds us back from taking risks, asking for that promotion, or saying yes to new opportunities. Simply notice when your inner critic rears its ugly head to weaken its power over your life. I think of my inner critic as a dominatrix sitting on my shoulder, whipping me, saying things like, 
you sound stupid or you will fail by personifying your inner critic, giving it a name, you can weaken it even more by distancing it from yourself. And the third way is learn to fail fast. It sounds counterintuitive, but get busy failing in small ways to stop ruminating on your shortcomings. Take action instead of overthinking. It's important to get outside your comfort zone and try new things. What's something new you'd like to learn? I conquered my fear of public speaking by joining Toastmasters. Is there a course you could take to uplevel your skills? Research shows that there's a confidence competence loop. By taking action and trying something new, you build your competence and a new skill. The first time you try, you will fail, but you learn by failing. You gain knowledge and experience to try again and to fail a little bit less next time. Like I mentioned before, don't sit around and wait to feel ready. That day may never come. Take action before you feel ready. That's great advice. Thank you. Anna, there's always a bit of fear that if you are super confident, you might come across as being arrogant. How would you address that concern with a coachee? And where would you say you would draw the line between someone who's confident and someone who's a little bit arrogant and cocky? Yeah, that's a great point. I would start out by pointing the difference between confidence and arrogance. So confidence, it's having that faith in your ability and your knowledge. Arrogance, on the other hand, is is an exaggerated sense of self-importance where you belittle others. And so many women and people pleasers (laughs) that I coach, we downplay our accomplishments, which can really hurt our career progression. I always tell my clients, it's not bragging if it's based on facts. And the antidote to arrogance is empathy. So I always stress the importance of active listening and empathy. When you listen to others and validate their perspectives and show empathy, you can avoid arrogance. And it's all about finding that balance because you do want to put yourself forward by talking about your accomplishments, but not at the expense of someone else. And you can still be assertive and empathetic at the same time. It takes practice and is finding that balance that feels authentic to you. Thank you. And what other blockers to building confidence have you come across? So there's that fear of being overconfident. But um, but what other things have you come across that might be stopping somebody from making progress? And it'd be really interesting to know how your coaches overcame them as well. So the sorts of things that they did to, to get around that. Yeah. So the big thing I've come across is lack of self-compassion. We are compassionate and loving to everyone in our life, but we have a hard time turning that self-compassion inward. So one of the big things I do with coaching is help my clients cultivate self-compassion and turn the love and compassion they have for others inward. To do that, it starts with self-awareness. And there's a a beautiful self-compassion meditation put out by Dr. Kristen Neff that I always recommend that my clients listen to to really cultivate that self-love and being kind to ourselves, even when we mess up. That really gives you the resilience to keep going and to have that confidence. Another thing that gets in the way is unhealthy habits. 
I really advocate and help my clients create fitness goals, healthy eating habits, and a meditation practice. And I help them, st- I help them stay on track with regular check-ins. I don't mind checking in every day if that's what my client needs to keep to those fitness and health goals. The other big thing that gets in the way is difficulty setting boundaries. A lot of my clients are high empaths, so they care so much for others that they have a hard time staying up for themselves. I have different tools and scripts for having those different difficult conversations, and we role play in our sessions, which can be very helpful. Um, The last piece I want to mention is time management. Just fitting it all in. A lot of my clients are mothers and juggling work and family can be a real challenge. So I always get them to pay attention and leverage their peak energy periods throughout the day and choose those times to do the most challenging work and setting those smart, those smart goals and going to bed early. <laughs> I know a lot of people wear night owls and that is a productive time, but yeah, having rest and healthy sleep really goes a long way as well. Oh, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Anna, another question. How do you, do you think that men and women, when they get to the same level within, say, a company, um, whether they are CMOs, um, you know, head of global sales, CEOs, do they project confidence in a different way? And if so, how? That's a really good question. The research that I've done shows that there is a gender confidence gap. So women do struggle with confidence more than men. And the way that women display confidence can be different. And I know there's a lot of backlash when women are seen as confident at work. It can be viewed as aggressive, but their male counterparts don't have that same feedback. So that can be really challenging. And it's just a style of management that you kind of develop over time. And I feel like a lot of women are natural empaths, but empathy does come across in the way that they lead and the way that they empower but it can be challenging for women because there are so few female role models at the top. It's a lot of male dominated executive teams. I was part of an executive team at my tech company I co-founded and it was really challenging to kind of speak up and have a voice in that male dominated environment. But I kind of tried to use my strengths of empathy and and active listening to to show a new type of confidence that maybe wasn't as loud or as brash but it still was well-received. And that's a really interesting point, Anna, because um, being part of the advisory board for the Flash Memory Summit, I have been involved in discussions around the Super Women in Flash Leadership Award. And the interesting thing I've learned from those discussions is that whilst the number of women in the IT, in the tech industry, is still much smaller than the number of men, if you look at the number of patterns that are um, developed by women, those are growing much, much faster than the number of patterns developed by men. And I think this is such an interesting um, trend because it shows quite how well women can apply their creativity, their sense of innovation to so many industries that were traditionally dominated by men. And because of this 
historical domination by men, a lot of women lack the confidence, even though they have all the skills to be just as good as men, better than men. You know, we're all people at the end of the day. And so I'm really hoping that at least some of our listeners will take away from all these amazing tips you've given them to say, you may have it within you, you just need to find it. Am I getting it right? Is this the gist of what you're saying? A hundred percent. And there is that study that was done that show women will only apply to jobs if they meet 100% of the requirements, but men apply when they meet 60% of the requirements. So there is that real difference. And I know the number of women getting computer science degrees is catching up to men, but yet a lot of women don't stay in their tech careers. It can be difficult in those toxic work environments or when it's all male dominated, it can be really hard to advance and have that confidence. So Anna, I've absolutely loved hearing everything that you've suggested um, for our listeners to try. And um, it all seems so positive and actually um, like it would impact more than just your confidence at work, you know, particularly when you were talking about sort of um, choosing times of the day to um, do your, you know, uh, use your energy more wisely. So I definitely take that away. But um, if our listeners were only going to do one thing to boost their confidence, what would you suggest? Great question. I would say focus on your accomplishments. Make a list of the top 10 things you are most proud of. It can be work-related or otherwise. And print this list out somewhere you can see it and review it when you need that confidence boost. So often we are hyper-achievers. We complete an accomplishment, then we're just on to the next thing without really celebrating or giving ourselves the credit that is due. So it's really helpful to have that list somewhere you can see it as a reminder of what you've already achieved in your life. Thank you. That sounds so good. That is excellent. Thank you so much, Anna. I, I, I've learned so much myself from today's session. So um, what a treat that was. And uh, I'm very excited to meet you in person at Flash Memory Summit. I can't wait. Thank you so much for this opportunity to be on your podcast. That's it for this episode of A3 Communications. Who do you think you are? Thank you for joining us today, Anna. It was so interesting to cover a new topic in a podcast. And a reminder for our listeners that you can find out more about Anna and her services at www.annagrady.com and the list of podcasts in this series at a3communicationspr.com. And of course, if you'd like to meet Anna in person, you can register to attend Flash Memory Summit at flashmemorysummit.com. I'm Fred Monson. Thank you for listening and see you in our next episode of A3 Communications, Who Do You Think You Are?